Hey, good morning, good morning, uh, Burlington Christian Church and uh, family, friends, all of those you guys tuning in this morning to our worship. Uh, we are not live at uh, Burlington this morning because of a few families that got a little too close to the COVID and uh, we're taking a break this week. Hopefully we'll be back at it next week and uh, God willing, either way, God's in control of this whole thing. Uh, there's a lot of chaos going on in our world. Uh, just turn on the news, you'll catch all kinds of it. Uh, and so it's chaotic, but we're trusting God. That's, that's how we live our lives. We're just gonna trust God no matter what happens, good or bad, fiery furnaces, belly of the whale, whatever, persecution of the church, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens in our little life, we are going to trust God and God is going to step in. He's already like stepped into our world. And that's what we're talking about when God steps in. And I believe God is looking for people who are solely committed to him. Fully, 100%, all in with God. Saying, God, use me. God, do something in my life. Use me for your glory. I think God is looking for people like that. And when he finds the right person, he will step into your world like never before and he will cause you to do things and, and lead you to do things that you never dreamed you would ever, ever do. Because when he steps in, all kinds of stuff happens. Power comes in when God comes in in this unique and special way. God's already stepped into all of our lives, into this world in a very general way. But God specifically wants to use his people to do specific things. And I'm excited about that. When he steps in, not only is power displayed around us, but God brings into our life like peace and healing and comfort and direction and clarity and guidance and vision and forgiveness. And personally, he brings into our lives things that will help us to know him and to know what he wants and then to live our lives like in the presence of God. When he steps in, great things happen. When God steps in, this is the truth. When God steps in, miracles happen. Miracles happen. And I hope that you have experienced God stepping into your life at some point in the past in a unique way, in an unexplainable way, that God did something in your life that was just incredible. And you knew this was not of man, this was of God. And I, I hope, I hope that you have had a chance to experience God doing that in your life in the past. And I know God wants to do that in the present. And I know he wants to do that in the future because God is God and that's how he operates. And I'm excited about that. I hope you are that, that we wait eagerly, anticipating like God to do something crazy in our life. That's what I want. Well, we've talked about this God stepping in. We talked about creation. There was nothing. God steps in. He, he makes from darkness, he begins to shape and mold the earth and the heavens. And, and now everything that we know came from nothing because God stepped in. Not long after that, God called a man by the name of Noah. And through Noah, as man and people began to increase on the earth, so did wickedness and evil. And so God calls Noah to build this huge boat. And in it, God saves and spares all of mankind by saving this handful of people that would then begin to repopulate the earth. And God wipes the wickedness off the earth. And he steps into Noah's little world 
And because he did, you and I are here today. Then the population began to boom again after Noah, okay? And, and time continues to move forward and, and people begin to be birthed and families grow and they begin to spread out. And, and God went looking as time went on, God went looking for somebody that would lead the way in his next move on the earth. Now that the earth has been repopulated after the time of Noah. And so God goes and he calls a man by the name of Abraham. Abraham. Now lots of things have happened since Abraham, from creation to Abraham. In fact, 2,000 years have gone by from Adam to Abraham. And about 600 years have gone on from the time of Noah to Abraham. And so remember, it was Adam, 1400, 1,400 years Noah, six more hundred years Abraham. So about 2,000 or so, give or take a bunch, uh, not millions, but give or take, maybe hundreds, uh, we have now Abraham called on to the scene. Now, Abraham, he's just, he's living over there near Ur, Haran, over in that part of the world, Babylon, that area that we look at a map now, and that's Babylon the Euphrates River, the Tigris River over there, to the right side of the Promised Land, the right side of the Sea of Galilee. And um, what we see is Abraham just going about his business, right? He's just living his life like God has called him to live his life, just like normal people. He's, he's following like God's laws and God's ways. He's, he's uh, taking care of his sheep, he's raising family, he's a grandpa, he's got all this going on, he's got a wife, he's enjoying the view, and he's enjoying the fishing of the Tigris and the Euphrates River, which is really pretty cool, I would think. And so from there, as he's just loving God, serving God, right, he's, he's, a, he's, he's doing what God has called people to do, in a very general way. He's just serving God in a local way in his home, in his community, and he's obeying the Ten Commandments of God. He's living a life of prayer. He is making the sacrifices that are required in the Old Testament, and he's just honoring God with his life and living his life on the earth, trusting and obeying God. That's what Abraham's doing, but the condition of the world after Noah gets repopulated and once again it's not a pretty picture it's a rocky road of the world the floodwaters have subsided right about 600 years ago the population now is on the rise there is one common language everybody speaks the same language in the known world of the people that are on the planet at the time of Abraham and then people begin to move eastward, which is toward the plains of Shinar, which is near Babylon, where Babylon is today. And so people begin to spread out from where the original land was, where the ark landed, and Noah began to repopulate the planet. And in Genesis chapter 11, what happens is, Backing up a little from Abraham, man attempts to reach the heavens, right? Hoping somehow to attain like God's status, right? Self-reliance. Uh, we don't need you, God. We got this. We're smart enough. And that great city and 
tower of, we call Babel, because that's what God caused to happen, came to this screeching halt. What the people set out to do, God said, eh -eh, not going to happen, not on my watch, enough is enough. And so God confuses their languages, confuses their languages, and he spreads or scatters the people living in that time all over the world. The, the, the word of God says all over the whole world. So people from Babel, where Noah landed and where they began to repopulate, God spreads these people all over. So they go in all different directions on the known land. And in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram or to Abraham, go from your country, Babylon, Ur, Haran, that whole little area over there to the right, go from your country, from your people and your father's household to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. And so God, just at a time when God decides, now's the time, and that's the thing about God, you know, things will go kind of as they go, up until God says, now. Like Jesus, you know, he lived on the earth and kept saying to different people, my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. And then all of a sudden, the time has come. And that's how God operates. You might be going about your day. You may live your life. You may be doing what you, you're doing. You may be hoping God will do something in your life miraculous, like, you know, something big or something wonderful or something good and you're just waiting on God and you're just living your life and and you're honoring God that's what you just do you just keep honoring God and what you do and you keep your faith in God and you trust God because the moment will come where God will say the time has come and that may not be in our timing it's it's going to be completely in his timing and it's my job to say God help me to line up with your timing I'm not trying to push God into my timing that would be a mistake. I want God to help me line up with his timing. And if the time is now, great. If the time has not yet come, that's great too. When it comes, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be trusting. I'm going to be full of faith. And I'm going to be walking with him. That's what Abraham is doing. He's just minding his own business, doing what God has called him to do. And the Lord calls him and says, go from your country. Leave your people. Leave your father's household and go. And so when God steps into Abraham's life, he made some promises in this passage. I want to point out six promises that God makes to Abraham. Now, these are not your promises. These are not my promises. These are not, I can't claim these promises. But they do tell us what God is like. They give us a good indication of what God is like. And right now, what we see is God picking Abraham because Abraham is a faithful follower of his, eyes on God. And God says, I see you, Abraham. And it's time for a mighty work to be done on the earth. 
and you are the man I want to do the job. You guys, I hope, I hope when God goes looking for somebody faithful, true, honest, with integrity, serving God, living for him, serving the world, serving people, caring about others more than we care about ourselves. I hope that, that you are that person, that when God decides to look for somebody, he looks at you and he says, you're the person I need to do the next big thing. Uh, don't you just hope that that's you? I just hope and pray, God, God, just use me in some crazy, crazy big way. Some like totally unexpected way that I've never thought of, I've never dreamed of, nobody else has ever done it, but God, you're like needing it done and you're gonna pick me to do it. I am ready, man. I, I just wanna be ready, be watching, be faithful, be all the things that God wants me to be just in a very general way. So when he goes looking for somebody in a very special way, he looks my way, you know? He looks our way, he looks your way. That, that he's been handcrafting us for that job. Well, let me point out these promises, six promises that God makes when he steps into Abraham's life. The first promise is this, when God stepped into Abraham's life, he made this promise, I will make you into a great nation. And he has, he did, did now, right? Lord lived thousands of years later and we still sing the song, you know, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham and I am unto them and so were you. So let's just, I mean, we've been, you know, that song's been around for a long time, but, but it's just a reminder that God chose Abraham and he said, I will make you a great nation. Like, like there'll be so many children of Abraham more than stars in the sky or sand on the seashore. Like there'll be countless of people who are followers of God because of Abraham, right? The Jewish nation. The whole Jewish nation are children of Abraham. And you and I have been brought in as children of Abraham. No, we're not Jewish people, but we are children of God. And anyone who is a child of God is also a child of Abraham. Isn't that amazing? God said he would do that, and God did that for Abraham. The second promise God makes, he says, I will bless you. I will bless you. And so not only has God blessed Abraham with children, his own children, his own land, his own place, his own cattle, sheep, all the things that he needed for his family to, 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 uh, to pro provide for them, but, but all, the, all the people that have been blessed because of Abraham and Abraham is blessed because of all that God did through him. And so God, again, makes his promise to Abraham that I will bless you, and God keeps that promise. The third promise is this, I will make your name great. Well, we sing it, Abraham, Abraham, Father Abraham, right? We still are talking about this great name, this great person of Abraham, who was willing to, to go where God called him to go. He was willing to, to um, like bring his son Isaac, his only son, up under the altar into the mountains and was ready to like sacrifice him to God because God asked him to do that. The faith of Abraham is just unbelievable faith and, and God has made his name great. Well, the fourth promise God makes is this, 
you will be a blessing. God says, not only am I going to bless you, but you, Abraham, you will be a blessing. And Abraham's faithfulness is extended now to you and to me. We are blessed. God made Abraham a blessing, and we are the ones who are the recipients of the blessing of Abraham. You and I, Jewish nation, all of Israel, like all that God did, we are blessed. But especially because through Abraham came the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. And the Messiah blesses all those who put their faith in him. And so through Abraham and through the Messiah, you and I, through Jesus, you and I are blessed. And that came through the line of Abraham. It's incredible what God said. I will bless you. God makes these promises to Abraham and God keeps his promises. Look at this. He says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And what God's saying to Abraham is, Abraham, I've got your back. I've got your back, Abraham. You bless people, they bless you, everything's cool. We're living in a peaceful world and everything is good. But those who curse you, those who come up against you, I've got your back, Abraham, and I will take care of them. Just put your trust, put your hope in me. Keep your eyes on God, not on your situations, not on those who are attacking, not on the negativity. Put your eyes on God and keep walking with God. I will protect you, Abraham. That promise is as true for him as it is for you and me today. Now, we can't claim all that God promised Abraham because he played a unique role in, in all of history. But we can claim some of the promises that God makes to Abraham because he has made those to us in other places. The sixth promise that God makes to Abraham is this. All the people of the earth will be blessed through you. And here we are. Here you and I are talking about Abraham and his faith. We're talking about how God stepped into Abraham's life and what God did through Abraham and how that impacts you and me in a very positive way. It helps us to understand that like we may not be Abraham, but we can live a life like Abraham. We can honor God. We can do what God says. We can be faithful. We can, we can just be ready and waiting for God to do something big in our life and like God use me. We can learn a lot from Abraham on how God uses people and what God is looking for when he goes looking for a person, somebody who is faithful. And so we are blessed because of Abraham. You and I are blessed because of Abraham. And God did all of the things that he promised Abraham and way more, like way more. There's so many details and so much, so many events and so much power that God displayed when he stepped into Abraham's life. And when God does that, when he steps into somebody's life, he does miraculous things. It's incredible what he does. This is how God operates. This is how God is. We are not alone. You are not alone. You are never alone. All you are is one call away from turning to God and say, God, I need you. God, I need you in my life. And you give your life to Christ and you you, you let him wash you clean and forgive you of your sins and you develop, you begin to develop this relationship with the Lord. You have this relationship with God through his son, Jesus, and God is now with you and he will, he will be with you forever. He promises that. 
He promises this two-way relationship. It isn't God doing it all and we do nothing. It isn't we do it all and God is doing nothing. It is us working together, co-workers together with Christ for the sake of God. It's a two-way relationship, but I got to tell you, God brings way more to the table than you and I will ever bring. I bring a small bag of bones that isn't very bright. And God brings himself with all his power and knowledge and wisdom and grace. And he says, I will meet you at the table and we will work together. We will make this covenant of love and grace and mercy together through my son, Jesus. And I will go to work around you and through you and in you and for you. Like God is with us. We are not alone. We are not alone. Look, we, we stand on the promises of God. That's what we do. We stand on the promises of God just like Abraham did. He just stood on the promises of God. Look, sometimes I may not think God is watching or working or, or hearing me. Sometimes things come up against me and I think, why God? Why is this happening to me? Or I think, God, aren't you paying attention? God, here I am. Poor me, you know, suffering down here. I want this and I'm not getting this. And, and why is this happening to, the, to me in this way or different aspects of our life that we struggle with? But here's what Abraham did. He stood on the promises of God. He stood on what God said, not on what was happening to him. Because he was put in very uncomfortable situations time and time again. And he didn't look at the situation in and of itself. He looked at his situation in light of the promises of God. And the promises of God are always bigger than whatever situation you are in. And so we will stand on the promises of God. There's 30 promises of God in uncertain times. So let me read a couple of these. These are just 30. I, I got a question for you here in a minute. Look what some of these say. They say, he will never leave you or forsake you. The Lord will go before you and, and he will be uh, your rear guard. He's got your back, right? He works all things for your good. That's a promise that God works all things for your good. Deliverance from all your troubles. God will deliver you. Maybe not in your timing or my timing, but he will eventually deliver us. The Lord will make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. That's a promise of God. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. That's his promise. Eternal life is in him. That's his promise. Your sleep will be sweet. Your womb will be blessed. God makes that promise. Healing and abundant peace and security are yours, Jeremiah said. God makes these promises over and over again. Do you know, do you know how many promises are in the Bible for people? Many of them for you and for me. Do you know how many? Take a guess. Let me help you. It's not 2,000. It's not 3,000. It's not even 4,000. There are over four, seven, 7,000 promises from God in the entire Bible. Somebody counted them all out. I did not. But somebody counted all the promises that God makes to either an individual or to people or to you and me. 7,000 promises that God has made in the scriptures. That is a lot of promises. God brings far more to the table 
than you and I will ever bring. We are blessed to be at the table. We are fortunate to be at the table. We should be ecstatic to even be at the table with God. Wednesday night, we talked about worship from Core 52 book, Mark Moore's book on worship and what worship is and how blessed you and I are to be able to live a life of worship for God. It isn't just about singing songs, even though it, it encompasses that. It's not about raising your hands or bowing your head or being on your knees or on your face, but we should be all those things. We should go there. But worship is about like a, a, an outward expression of love and adoration to God, praising his name, but also an inward, an inward changing transformation of our mind and our heart in Christ, that we are becoming like him, that we are worshipers of God. That's what we are, and that's what God allows you and me to be. He invites us in to be worshipers of him, his, and children of his, and to sit at his table with him. I don't know, I don't, there's nothing more exciting in this world than to know that we can be at the table with God. And here's the thing though, we don't just stand on the promises of God, you know? We don't just stand on the promises of God, but, but I hope we are moving out on the promises of God. We are going, doing what God has called us to do on the promises of God, that we are about his work and his kingdom and about worshiping him in the world and, and on the move for God. I like what uh, William Booth said, I am not waiting for a move of God. He says, I am a move of God. And when you're a worshiper of God, you are God's movement in the world. You are what God needs out there impacting people and lives all around you. You and me, but the name of Abraham has become one of the greatest names on the earth. There are other religions, Islam and Judaism and Christianity that all use and claim Abraham as their father or as their major prophet in their religion. Abraham is a big deal. God called Abraham, but here's the thing. God made promises to Abraham, but here's the thing. Abraham would have to respond not enough that God calls us. We must respond to God. Abraham had to respond to God. He could have ignored God. He could have dismissed what God was calling him to do, like many people do. They know what God wants, but they're not going to do it because they're too busy in their own little worlds. Abraham didn't go, no, I got it pretty good right here in uh, Ur or Haran, where he was living. But he doesn't do that. He says, God, you want me to do this? I'm going. I'm going to do it. Abraham had to respond. And check this out. Abraham got this promise from God. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, leave your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. That's incredible, you guys. If you think about this, this is faith and trust with a blind destination. This is God saying, Abraham, you're going to go start walking that way with your family and your wife and your things and don't look back. I need you to go, Abraham. And in verse 4 of chapter 12, here's what the scripture says. So Ab 
Abram or Abraham. And then that four-letter word went. He went. W-E-N-T. Just like the word O-B-E-Y. Just like obey, Abraham went. God said go, Abraham went. That's as simple as, as it gets right there. Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Iran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. This is trust and this is obey at its greatest moment. This is God reaching down, stepping into Abraham's life and saying, Abraham, I got a job that needs to be done and I need you to do it and I need you to pack your bags and I need you to start moving that direction. Just go. And Abraham does exactly what God had asked him to do. If we don't catch anything else, we've got to catch this. When God says go, you just go. You don't question God. You don't worry about all the details of what God is calling you to. You just go. What a response from Abraham. What a response. And by the way, it's the only right response. What Abraham did that he just got up and went is the only right response. Any other response is the wrong response. We look throughout the entire Bible and what we find is this is a common theme among the faithful, right? This, this, this dependency on God, this when God says do something, you just do it. True children of God simply obey. True worshipers of God simply say, yes, sir, and we go and we do what God says to do. Pack your bags, Abraham. Grab your wife, grab your family, and grab your stuff, and you just start walking that direction. And don't stop walking until I tell you to stop walking. The land that I will show you, God says. The land that I will show you. This is what we call faith. This is what we would call like extreme faith. Like this is over the top faith. Leave your land, leave your home, leave your community, leave your country and go to a place that you have never been. Go to a place that you don't even know where it is or what's there. You know nothing about it. Just go. This is extreme faith. You and I, most people today, we are not like this whatsoever. We are way too sophisticated, right? We are way too intelligent. And now, in our day, we are way too woke to just follow God into the unknown. Like, we aren't like this. We need all the details first, right? We need like a spreadsheet. We gotta have a, a map so we can map it out. We're gonna make up all our plans and checklist this and checklist that. People would think we are completely nuts if we just said, we're going. God said to go and I'm gonna go, I'm packing my bags and I'm moving out in faith. People would think we are crazy if we did that today. 
But Abraham didn't care what people thought of him. You know, the great theologian, John Bon Jovi, a, a, a musician, you know, John Bon Jovi, said this. He did say something once that was pretty good. He said, map out your future, but do it in pencil. Now, I like that. Because as humans, we want to know what's coming up. We want to know that. But here's the thing. Faith and God's will for our life trumps any plan you have. It trumps any plan you might devise or anything you think you should do or the direction you want to go. Do it in pencil because God wants to erase part of it, some of it, maybe all of it. And God wants you and me. He wants us to do what he wants why the book of Hebrews chapter 11, our great heroes uh, chapter, says this, by faith Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who are he, who are heirs with him of the same promises. Do you see that? That's Abraham. God steps in, Abraham says, let's go, and off they went together. So simple, so simple. Look, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you this morning. If you sense in your heart, and nobody can tell you this. It isn't what somebody else tells you you should do. If you sense in your heart, in your worship, in your crying out to God, God, use me, do something in my life. If you're doing that, truly, you're living your life to honor God. You're getting the junk out of your life. You're, you're just staying away from the gray areas of life. You know what I mean? You're just like, I don't need those. I really want to focus on what God wants in my life. I want to live a holy life. I want to live a righteous life, not to be better than anybody, but to be a child of God, to honor God the way I should as a human being. If you're a true worshiper of God in spirit and in truth, you worship God with everything in you, your actions, your behaviors, your thoughts, your attitudes, who you are, your money, everything. If you are truly that, if you are truly that, and you are sensing God calling you to do something, out of the ordinary. Do not ignore it. Pursue it. Go for it. I'm just telling you, just go for it. Just go for it. Even if you don't have all the answers, you don't know exactly what it is, like Abraham, just go, I'll tell you when to stop. Just, if God is nudging you to go do something and you know it's right and good and it's lining up with the scripture and it's the love of God and the grace of God being lived out in your life and God wants you to go do that, go for it. Just simply go for it. It will be the greatest thing that you ever do with your life. It will be the highlight of all of your life. Just go for it. Build that ark. Leave your hometown. Drop those nets and follow Jesus. Leave that tax booth. Go to that third world country and minister to people. Go and serve in that soup kitchen. Go and reach the down and outers, those who are sick, those who are in prison, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are naked, those who are strangers, those who are hurting. Just go. 
But God has already given you and me the okay to just go and do this. Our marching orders are already laid out. Go into all the world. God has already told you. He's already told me. Go into all the world. Go teach. Go coach. Go mentor. Go help. Go do something. Just go and do something for the glory of God. Just go do something. Start somewhere. And here's the thing. Do not let anyone talk you out of what God is calling you to. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. It may sound nuts. It may look nuts. It may not have much detail to it at all. But you just begin to go and God will fill in the blanks as you go. You got to start going though. If you don't go, it'll never happen. You got to go. You got to just go. And God will do amazing things through you. You know, Jeremiah said, his word is like a fire in my bones. Shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot hold it in. Peter and John said, we can't help speak, but what we have seen and heard. And then they said, we must obey God, not man. Job said, I am full of words and my spirit within me compels me. Noah did exactly what God said to do and he was saved. Moses reluctantly, right, obeyed God and did unbelievable, miraculous things with his life. Jonah ran the other way, and look what happened to him. Abraham, he packed his bags and headed out to an unknown destination with his faith completely on God. God wants you and me to do the same thing. God stepped into Abraham's life, and Abraham stepped up to the challenge. Look, when God steps in, when God steps in, ordinary people like Noah and Abraham and you and me and many others do extraordinary things beyond our comprehension, beyond our ability, beyond our understanding, beyond our wisdom and knowledge and, and smarts, way beyond all of that. God goes to work incredible things will happen through you. When God steps in, sparks fly and miracles do happen. And I believe today that God wants to step into someone's life and do something terrific and do something great and do something miraculous. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's you. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too far gone. You're not too whatever. Fill in the blank. You're not. God can use anybody, anywhere, anytime for any job. Just let him lead you. Invite God to step in and do something crazy. And then go for it. Father, we love you so much. I pray that you'll move in our hearts, move in our lives, move in each one that's listening today. Do something miraculous, God, but we know that it not only begins with you, but it, it, re it requires a response from us. And right now, God, I hope our response is, God, do something in us. 
Do something great. Help me to see it. Help me to hear it. And help me to get about it. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Love you. See you next week.